Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Why speak in tongues? 2.0 is the title to my message. What that means, since it's titled 2.0, is there was a 1.0. And on June the 5th, I delivered the first part of this message. So points 1 and 2 from this same message were delivered on June 5th. And we archive our messages and record them so you can uh, go back and look those over. And you need to do so. And I don't want to go into a, a lot of detail on the front end of this message unnecessarily. I'm going to help you. How many of you can remember that you were not here on June 5th? And, and I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I just want to know you were not here on June 5th. Well, that's pretty good. That's only a few of you that were not here on June 5th. How many of you that were not here already viewed June 5th, though? You lift your hand. You already viewed it. Really? I am so proud of you, Victoria. <laughs> Seriously. Praise the Lord. Um, you can go back and, and check that in our archives. <clears throat> Why God chose to use speaking in other tongues I cannot really express to you. No one knows why he chose tongues to be the avenue through which he would pour his spirit out and that people would, would receive and, and do so in such a strange way. I suspect, however, it's because everyone that has a mouth and a tongue can do it. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're uh, from some foreign land or some local area. It doesn't matter if you're short or tall. It doesn't matter if your skin is white or black or anywhere in between. It doesn't, none of those things matter. If you have a mouth and a tongue, you can speak in other tongues when he fills you with his spirit. I shared on the June 5th message how I received and how that changed my life. I'm not going to recap that. Um, but it brought changes, positive changes to my life and my, my future and my destiny. All of it was shaped around being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, tongues is just a representation of what happens inside. Because So I want you to understand it doesn't matter that I spoke in tongues, only that it's recognition of what happened inside. It's the transformation that comes by being filled with Holy Spirit that truly matters in your life. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so, I'm going to attempt to give you three more of the five reasons why it is critical that people in our church continue to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I will recap on the first two just so that you all get caught 
up, if you will. The primary reason for this practice is that the Bible prescribes it. Now, this is not in your notes if you're trying to take notes that this part should not be there. Um, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Y'all can say amen to that, right? Amen. So uh, listen to these words. Uh, because we believe the testimony of the New Testament. It's valuable and valid. Um, and we, in Acts chapter 2, 8, 10, 19, and then 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, talk about the gifts of the Spirit and includes speaking in other tongues. But listen to these words from Acts 10, verses, uh, we begin at verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Now these are not Jews. Peter has gone to the household of Cornelius. That means they were Italian people and they had not had any teaching. They hadn't had any prompting. They hadn't been told anything about this. The reality is they're just hearing the message about Jesus and who he is for the first time. And while Peter is preaching, boom, Holy Spirit falls on them and they begin to speak in other tongues. And it's recorded by Luke when he writes this in, in, in Acts. He's the author, if you will, of Acts. Now listen to this. Our position isn't just about speaking in tongues then. It's much more fundamental. It is about our view of Scripture. It's important that you recognize that. We don't do this because it's fun or because we like being peculiar or acting weird in church. Our position is based on what the scripture says. If it happened to them then, we should expect it to happen to us now. All right, second main point, initial physical evidence. Speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the book of Acts, people who were filled with the Spirit spoke in tongues. That's just how it happened. That's just how it was. Again, Acts 2, 8, 10, 19, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Now in Acts chapter 8, it doesn't say that they spoke in tongues, but that's the story where Simon the sorcerer was following them around. When, they saw, when he saw uh, them lay hands on those people, Simon said, wait, wait, I want that gift. I want to be able to do that. What do I have to do to be able to do that? How did he know they were filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, they had to be speaking in tongues for him to know it that they were filled with the Spirit. So in any case, um, so it's an initial physical evidence. Now look at the story from Ephesians chapter 19. Here it is from Ephesians 19. If it advances, I don't know why I'm stuck here, ladies. If you'll advance the slide for me, I, I, yeah, I still got power. Hallelujah. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. 
As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What kind of baptism would that be? Shout it out, water. They were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, everybody say then. That means it's next. That means it did not happen at the same time, right? Then, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So, speaking in tongues is like a signpost that points to the Spirit's activity, doesn't it? Jesus promised that his followers would be clothed with power from on high in Luke 24, 49. Now, what that means is it's my job to equip you for works of service, right? I'll show you in the passage of scripture, uh, Ephesians uh, 4, verses 11 and 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So in other words, God raises up people like me, like Pastor Mackay, like Evangelist Nick and Emily. He raises them up to equip. What? So that you can do the work God wants you to do. You have the power, you have the anointing to do ministry as well. It's not confined to those five gift ministries. All right, let's get to the third main point, which is the first for today. The benefit of speaking in tongues. There are benefits. Speaking in tongues offers Pentecostals a mode of communicating with God that goes beyond our human limitations. The Apostle Paul spoke in tongues as he prayed and worshiped God through song. We have that uh, noted in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15. But he, he spoke in tongues as he prayed. He spoke in tongues as he worshiped. He spoke in tongues as he sang. That's why you hear us do that on occasion here. You'll hear us sing in the Spirit. You'll hear me, Pastor Mackay, you'll hear us sing in the Spirit along with singing with understanding. Words that you do know and words that you do understand. And, and when Paul is speaking of this in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, he's talking about the corporate setting. He's not talking about just your private place of, place of prayer. He's speaking of the corporate setting, the gathering, if you will, of believers. Here it is from the passage of Scripture. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray also in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. So you see, Paul is speaking of these areas of our life. So it, in other words, our worship life is increased by this, this involvement of Holy Spirit in our worship time. These words from Paul are an indication that, 
uh, setting the atmosphere in praise and worship must be a priority. That's why we do what we do here at Central Assembly of God. Pastor Mackay is wonderfully well uh, trained and understands this, excuse me, this concept. And so she does everything she can to usher in the presence of God and for us to, to corporately engage in the worship. The atmosphere is incredibly important, church. The scriptures, when the scripture says that, that they entered the courts with thanksgiving, that's an indication to you what the nature of our um, involvement in the worship service should be. We shouldn't come to church all distracted by all the other stuff. How many of you got stuff happening in your life that can be a distraction? Every single one of you should be raising your hand right now. Don't make me point it out because I'll, I'll come down there and point out your distractions to you. So it's important that we prioritize this. Worldwide, Pentecostals are known for powerful prayer and worship gatherings. It's why every other denominational group has essentially co-opted our form of worship, our style of worship. It's why it's happened. And I'm not saying that like that's wrong, of course. It's because there's a dynamic in our worship services that comes because of the power of Holy Spirit. And so they're co-opting what they can co-op. So you could go to a, a good Baptist church this morning and may not hear any more hymns than you hear in our church service. They'll have a worship team and a band and people up front and and while they may not be shouting so much or dancing as much, they still try to, as best they can, follow our form of worship up to but not including tongues. It's a dynamic we, need, we must never let go of. I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. It's not recorded in your notes, but you need to follow this. And you need to get this in your spirit. In a real sense, a decline in our practice of speaking in tongues is a decline in both our actions and attitude toward communicating with God. I know that was a mouthful. And I wish for your benefit I did have it recorded for you so you could see it on the screen. But I'll say it again, uh, and, and then i got to add something to it. I'll say it again, though. In a real sense, a decline in our practice of speaking in tongues is a decline in both our actions and attitude toward communicating with God. It's happening in churches worldwide, in particular, though, in the United States of America, and very in particular, amongst the Assembly of God churches. You can go to a thousand Assembly of God churches within uh, 500 miles of this place, and, and you'll be hard-pressed to hear anybody speak in tongues. And that's just an indicator of what, what we've done with Holy Spirit in our church services. So let me add what I was telling you I'm going to add to that. So I'll read again. A decline in our practice of speaking in tongues is a decline in both our actions and attitude toward communicating with God. But first, it is a reduction in the very necessary recognized manifestation of His presence in our corporate gatherings. That's the thing I cannot do without. 
I cannot do without. It, I don't even want to have church if I don't have his presence. I love you people, but I'm not showing up here if Jesus don't show up. If the Holy Ghost isn't here, I love you people, but I ain't showing up for you. I ain't getting up early. I ain't coming out because of you. I gather with you for the express purpose of meeting with Christ. That happens through the avenue of Holy Spirit. It's His presence that I long for and you need. If He doesn't show up and display Himself, then we've just had a gathering. And we can call this club whatever we want to call it. Just dress casually and nice club. Get to enjoy air conditioning and padded pews. But y'all know you ain't coming out for that either, are you? You can, you can say you love me and Pastor Amy a bunch, but that ain't... Let's move on, preacher. As a Christ-centered movement, we depend on the Spirit to help us become more like Jesus, don't we? Speaking in tongues takes us beyond our human limitations. How many of you, know, of you know that you are limited as a human being? So what does that mean? Like a hundred of you are not limited as human beings because nobody but two people raised their hands. Yeah, so the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Say amen to that. You have it in Romans 8, 26. I have it for you. I'm just giving you a minute to write the word weakness in. Now, we're moving. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, I know there are a few people that would interpret this passage of Scripture. Well, he's just talking about people who are just moaning and crying out before God. And you can't really understand what they're saying. But, you know, they're, they're coming from a place in their soul that is just torn. And they, no, he's talking about speaking in other tongues. That's what Paul is talking about here. He propels us to the next level in essentially every Thing we do on Christ's behalf. That's what Holy Spirit does. How many of you want next level Christianity? Looking for some hands and a hallelujah. What I'm talking about is he makes what is ordinary extraordinary. He adds the element of the supernatural. He does that. Holy Spirit, you see, forms in us the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and, and 16. I skipped verse 15, but here it is. Mind Christ is what you're filling in that gap. I moved quickly, I know. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 16. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. He takes us to the next level. He 
reveals to the extraordinary, the supernatural to us. He works the supernatural in and through us. That's what you saw take place here this morning. That's not the comment. That what, when we came to this altar, that's not the comment. I prayed over two women who have the issue with the uh, itching in their hair and, and struggles there. And one of them, by the way, if you didn't encounter that, with the nose, uh, the, the, the nose thing. And so that's the supernatural. That's the activity of the supernatural. That's what God adds to us. You see, Holy Spirit baptism strengthens our faith. Because we're able to recognize his presence in a very real way. Ephesians 3, verses 16 and 17 put it this way. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. Come on, shout out unlimited resources. His unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Are you still with me? We're talking about the necessity of being baptized filled with Holy Spirit. And this is why it's important. Because you need what He brings and what only He brings. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. As you trust in Him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. All right, let's, let's go to the fourth point here, tongues and mission. Tongues and mission. We got a special service plan. That's why there's a few roped off pews up front here because some of the folks from the Spanish mission are coming join us and several of our folks are coming into membership this morning. And so uh, I, I want to try to move along here and that's why I'm doing so quickly today. Tongues and mission. Speaking in tongues as a spirit-inspired act moves believers into the mission of God. How many of you know God's got a possible mission? And it includes you. You don't even have to be Tom Cruise. Be able to pull off the stunts that he pulls off. You see, speaking in tongues is directly connected to the mission of the church. I don't know if you've ever made this connection before, but understand this. On the day of Pentecost, we see a direct connection between the outpouring of Holy Spirit and missions. There's a direct connection. I'll point it out to you, but you're going to know this one right off the top. If you've ever read Acts chapter 2, it began with Peter's bold message. That's when it began. Clearly, Peter was changed because of the power of Holy Spirit he now possessed. Emphasis on the word now possessed. Y'all remember Peter, don't you? Same guy, 50 days earlier, denied Jesus. In front of a little girl, no less. In the darkness. He's standing there and he's ashamed to admit that he was one of the followers of Jesus Christ. And she points it out to him. And this is that same guy in Acts chapter 2. He's standing up now boldly preaching in front of these people. That indicates a change, doesn't it? 
This newfound power enabled him to fulfill Jesus' command in Matthew 28, verse 19. What did Matthew 28, verse 19 say? It said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's what Matthew 28, 19 says. Therefore, go. Now, Peter's going. Where 50 days ago, he was staying denying. Now, he's going. Able to stand up. And here's what it, here's the passage of scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So you can immediately see Acts 1.8 be, being walked out. What does Acts 1.8 say? Most of you know it. You shall receive power. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, You shall receive power. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall receive power to be witnesses in your household, in your neighborhood, in your city, and beyond. That's what Acts 1.8 says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Do you hear that? You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere and then he explains where everywhere in case somebody's confused about that as we pursue Christ's mission in today's world we still need the Holy Ghost don't we still need him that fact has never changed we need him now more than ever need him now more than ever It's no accident that modern Pentecostalism has grown exponentially since its humble beginnings. It's not an accident, church. What I want to express to you, around the turn of the uh, 20th century, so around 1900, and I'm saying right there around that time, we, uh, many of you have heard of uh, the Azusa Street outpouring. That was 1906 when that began. But preceding it, there were some rumblings and things happening. There was someone that was filled with Holy Spirit prior to Azusa Street. And basically, you can connect the dots from that happening in uh, Frank Parham's uh, school. Um, and, and so in any case, around 1906 is when it began to pour out. And I don't know why God chose um, Southern California as the place and the time that it would have. I don't, I don't know why God did that. I just know that God did that. I don't know why he chose America. We are just blessed that way. That God decided that that's where, where and when it was going to happen and how it was going to happen. But essentially, every Pentecostal, I've said this before, but every Pentecostal group on the entire planet traces their roots to Azusa Street and that outpouring at that time. All of them do. And, and it changed the mission of the church. It changed it. Uh, like the first century disciples, Pentecostals depend on spirit empowerment to fulfill the Great Commission. We depend on the, being filled with Holy Spirit. We've got to have what only He gives. Amen? We can't do it unless He gives us His power, His anointing. He falls in that way. He moves in that manner. We can't do it unless He does that His way. We've got to have it. Say, I've got to have that power. 
need the Holy Spirit today as much as any time in history. So in order to maintain the vitality of the early church, we must have the same tools in the toolbox today. Any of you guys that are here this morning, did you used to work on your vehicles, cars? Used to work on your cars? How about it today? It's a whole different game, isn't it? I mean, you can't afford the computer to analyze your computer in your car. You know, and it's just a different game today. I mean, you go out and look under your hood and you're like, I don't even know what that is. There's a sensor for sensors. <laughs> and you can have six sensors on one, one thing as one, I don't know what to say with this, but your, your exhaust system can have six sensors on it. How are you going to know which one of them it is? And so you've got to have the right tools in order to do the work. And I could have made this much more simple by saying if you're going to cut some wood, you need one of several things, right? Depending on the way you're going to cut it and what you want it to look like will depend on the kind of tools you have, right? If you want it to look rustic and you just need it to fit a, a zone, you can use a chainsaw. But you still need a chainsaw. But if you want it to look a, a clean cut and pretty, then you're going to get a different kind of saw, aren't you? And on and on I could go. So you need this Holy Spirit to provide you these tools. Spirit baptism is about the church receiving spirit empowerment for missional purposes. We have a job to do. We need the power of Holy Spirit to do it. Say amen. amen. Those that went out on the street just yesterday, they're full of the Holy Ghost. They, they get around here and they pray and ask God to fill them and give them his power and his spirit before they even go out. How do we know whether someone has received spirit empowerment for mission? You know the answer. You may be afraid to say it, but the act of speaking in tongues answers that question, doesn't it? We know that they've received the power because they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So speaking in tongues, and, and I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to move out of this quickly, but I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. Here it is. Speaking in tongues is the initial, first but not only, observable evidence, repeated biblical marker of spirit empowerment for mission. That's a mouthful. It's why it's included in your nuts, notes. It's why it's included. <laughs> I'm going nuts up here, apparently. But Timothy Laredo. I'm quoting him in here, and that's why you see quotation marks in his name there. Speaking in tongues is the initial, first, but not only observable evidence, and hear it, repeated biblical marker of spirit empowerment for mission. It's what God did. 
And it's how God decided to do this. Y'all were forewarned and told what was happening now. So say hello to our Spanish folks that are joining us. I'm going to finish out these two points, and they're happy for, for me to do so today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So continuing this practice is about more than protecting a heritage. It's about the future of missions, isn't it? It's why we will continue to speak in tongues through our, uh, as long as we're on earth. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Now, those of you who are from the Spanish mission, if you're not being brought into membership, you can sit anywhere. But there's still room up front. You can get right behind them if you want to be close to them. Hallelujah. So being filled with Holy Spirit, just to catch you guys up, we're talking about speaking in other tongues and why we continue this practice. And I'm on the fourth of five reasons. I'm not going to go far into the fifth reason, just so all of you understand it, but I will give you the highlights. Being filled with Holy Spirit is a necessity for the modern church in all of its functions, especially its mission to reach the lost. You all know, and even if you just joined us, how important it is that we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. You can all say amen to that. Amen. Spanish, y'all can say amen. I want to get this fifth point in because I think it's vital and important to all of you here today to hear this. Catch this. Tongues and our blessed hope. Speaking in tongues gives us a small glimpse of our future hope within our present world. Small glimpse of our future hope in our present world. How many of you are looking forward to the day Jesus calls us out of this earth? And while we cheered for what happened with the Supreme Court this week, hallelujah. I, you know, I know others of you got dreams and all of this and you're looking forward to your life and your future, but I, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm all caught up. I have grandchildren. I'm looking forward to my newest one. We now know that it's a, a baby boy on the way. And, and so I'm, I'm really... So I'll be good if God gives me time to see him grow up a bit and be a fishing buddy and that kind of thing. I'll be good with that. You can count on that. But, but if... If we were out of here today, before I, fin before I even get to present all of these folks that are coming into membership, I'd be okay with that. But the Assemblies of God has always looked with anticipation toward our blessed hope. That time, that moment when God takes us out of here. And, and, and we look forward to a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. 
at some point. And so Titus 2.13 captures it for us. Looking forward for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I got some people I'm looking forward to seeing. So it is a blessed hope. Christ's soon return is a part of, a, uh, of much of our preaching, singing, and outreach. We know that that's going to happen soon, don't we? This, this expectation is a central theme of our theology and our practice. It gives us... Isn't it nice? Listen. Uh, okay, so I'll let the cat out of the bag. At the end of this week, Pastor Amy and I are going away on a vacation. We have a destiny, a destination. And I can tell you right now, I'm already thinking about sitting on an inner tube lazily floating down a creek. I was really thinking about it yesterday when it was 90 degrees and I was out in my backyard and I just finished mowing my yard. I was sitting there thinking, to this time, a week from this time, I will be sitting on a stream that I can hear the water flowing over the rocks and knowing that that water is about 70 degrees and I won't care if it's 98 because I'll be in that cool. I have a destination on my mind. Think about this in response to you knowing that there's a time coming soon. Hallelujah. When we're going to hear a loud noise, a trump, the call of God. And we're going to be caught up out of here, out of all of the mess, all of the muck, all of the, the garbage that we tolerate and deal with. Into the sky. Some of you are facing some issues. You're facing some troubles. There's some message. It's all going to go away. I need to move on. I need to make some good more points. A Pentecostal understanding of the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts 2 must include its connection to the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy concerning eschatological end-time events. There's a good big word for you on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, y'all can say it however you want. Eschatological or eschatological I don't care, you can say it and fumble all over it, but it's end times. If you read Acts chapter 2 and you hear what Peter said, here, let me make the next point. In the Apostle Peter's message, he framed Pentecost as a sign of the last days, didn't he? In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, he quotes Joel. And he said, the prophet Joel, I may have Acts 17, I do not. Um, so he, he quotes the prophet Joel and what did the prophet Joel say? In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters. He talks about male, female. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. But listen to how it starts. In the last days. Now this is Peter on the day of Pentecost 
almost 2,000 years ago. And if Peter made that connection then, what do you think you ought to do? He called on the crowd to repent and prepare their hearts to receive this gift. He called on them then. Now look, similarly, the baptism in the Holy Spirit reminds the church today of a current mission, of our current mission and future hope. So what does that mean? That means there's a reason for you to get busy for telling your friends, your family, your neighbors, your, uh, your neighborhood, this city, and the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Because Jesus is about to take us out of here. We're about to move out of here. It's about to happen. <laughs> it's about to come down. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on right now. So we must reaffirm this future hope within every generation as we seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Every generation. Throughout all, as long as we're on this earth, we need to be baptized with Holy Spirit because it's missional in its nature. It reminds us of our mission and it reminds us of our blessed hope. Thank the Lord. And so, hear these words. As Peter declared, the promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. So it's not just for them then. then. It's for us now. Because we're the ones that he's talking about as being far off. He's talking about historically, in, the, in that time it was in the future, he was talking about right now. And only God knows why. And while there were, there were touches and outpourings uh, throughout the ages, there was a large span of time where there was this type of darkness, but some, for some odd reason, around 1900, God decided he was going to do it again. Hallelujah. And so what do I say to you? I say, let us open the door wide once again to this wonderful reality, giving us access to God's power and supernatural signs. Let's open the door wide. Don't go on a... You know, when you... Listen, I'm talking about this already. When we go away, it's, it's four hours away. It's a four-hour drive. Before I leave, my truck will be full of gas. It's going to cost me over $100 to do that. <laughs> but we're, the reason I brought that up is because I want everything I need to have because when I get out there, I can buy it cheaper right here. There ain't no Sam's Club, and I've tried to tell you all already, 15th Street, SNK is the name of the sta station, right across from Rothrock, it's now $4.59 a gallon. You don't have to have a club card, you don't have to have nothing, just go in there, use your debit card, or cash, of course, any of you that rarely people have cash, but anyway... 
debit card and you slide it in there. Don't do the tap thing because then you're going to pay 10 cents more. Anyway, the point. I'm going to have my tank full of gas. How many of you need to have your tank full of gas in the Holy Ghost? Even the casual Christian can see we're in the last days. Consequently, we can expect to observe the supernatural. We're in the last days. This is that time. So you should live with the expectancy that God will show up in his supernatural power. Therefore, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. Now afternoon, sorry. It's time for you to step into this glorious blessing. Time for us to stop talking about it and participate in it. Amen and hallelujah. So I'm going to do something really different. Even though we're still going to do this, all right? So y'all just hang tight. I know you Spanish folks don't mind waiting because you're full of the Holy Ghost or want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you're not all caught up in the stuff that most, many of us people are caught up in. I'll just talk about us for a minute. Like we need to get, like we got to get out of here. Listen, for me, it's early for me to be closing the service to begin with. <laughs> not that I'm closing the service. What, what good is it for me to preach about baptism of the Holy Spirit and not even take a minute and pray with you for the reception of the Holy Spirit in your own heart and life? What good is, what value is that? And I say it would be a waste of my time to have spent all of this time preaching on it. Two different Sundays now in this case, by the way, pick up June 5th, just go to the archives and find it, part one. And in fact, y'all can get the rest of it from today because it's, it's online. Lord willing, it'll work right. I'm going to do something that I did in the first service. I want all of you to stand with me. I've intentionally or will intentionally not ask Pastor Mackay to come to the keyboard and Begin to gently play or do that. I, no, I don't want any props. Because we have, standing in here right now, I suspect there are as many as 100 people or more filled with Holy Spirit already. So I'm going to ask those of you who are filled with Holy Spirit already, to gently begin to speak in tongues and pray in the Spirit. Just gently begin. You're already filled with Holy Spirit. Gently begin to speak in other tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Come on. Just gently. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not trying to make you quieter. I'm just saying I want it to remain quiet as you do this for a moment. Hallelujah. While you continue to pray in the Spirit, I'm going to talk to the rest of you 
who've never been baptized in Holy Spirit, you've never spoken in tongues. If that's you, but you want to be baptized in Holy Spirit, lift your hand up high for a minute. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or you've never spoken tongues. Lift your hand up high. But you want to be filled. Go ahead. Lift it up for a minute. I, I'm only seeing a few of you. Which is okay if that means that the rest of you have already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're still praying, those of you who are already filled. I'm going to pray in just a moment for those of you who have never been filled with Holy Spirit. Would you be willing to come out of your seat and come forward right now? It's all right. Come on. we got time for you. Come up here. Stand. doesn't matter which side. So I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are there others of you? We got time for you. Not been filled with Holy Spirit yet. I feel the Holy Spirit in here, church. He's ready. Y'all get ready. Y'all get ready. He's here. That's another one. I feel like saying I ain't playing because he ain't playing. He's here right now. Here's what's going to happen for those of you who've come forward. This is a vocal gift. It's not a gift that you, even though I'm asking these folks to be quiet, that's not your MO. That's just not how it works. It doesn't come out of you gently. When he comes out, you're just speaking. You don't have to scream. I'm not telling you that. You don't have to, you don't have to bobble, wave, do nothing. I don't care. But when he fills you with his Holy Spirit, you are going to speak in other tongues. It just works that way. That was his plan, not my plan. That's his doing, not my doing. So I'm only asking you to join us in what God has been doing for thousands of years at this stage. You're still praying out there for these folks to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to begin to pray. And here's what you do. I'm going to ask you at that moment to lift both your hands, not yet. I'm going to ask you to lift both your hands and cut everything out of your head if you know another language, I don't want you to speak in that or English, but what God gives you, you speak it out. That simple. Now, remember, it's your mouth and your tongue. He does not suddenly take over your body. That's just not, it's not like you suddenly become possessed. No, no. No, he's already in you. What he does now, though, is he expects you to yield your mouth and your tongue. So you just begin to speak whatever he gives you. And I don't care what it sounds like. It won't sound like me. Because I'll be speaking in tongues. It won't sound like your grandma. It won't sound like anybody else. It will sound like what he gives you. And whether that's weird or not, so be it. All right, you're in a household full of weirdos if that's the case. Now I want the volume to be raised for all of you that are out there now. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all are praying in the spirit out there. Go ahead. Act like you're Pentecostal right now. Now's that time. Now's that opportunity to act like you're Pentecostal out there. You're praying in the spirit. You're praying in the spirit. You can be loud now. Now, Lord, for all of these men and women, lift your hands. You're up front right now. Lift your hands. Be yielded to the Lord. Be yielded to Holy Spirit right now. Father, fill them. Fill them now. Fill them now with the Holy Ghost. Fill them now with the Holy Ghost. And no English. Speak it out as the Spirit gives you the utterance. You're not falling out when I lay my hands on you. You're receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Fill them, Lord. Fill them right now with the Holy Ghost. Fill them now with the Holy Ghost. Fill them now with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. No English. No English. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled. Just speak it out. Just speak it out as he gives the utterance. Come on, just yield your tongue. Just yield your mouth. That's the Holy Ghost on you. Be filled. Scripture says out of the belly will flow rivers of living water. Remove all shame. Fill her. Fill her. Fill her. Fill her. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Come on. That's the Holy Ghost on you. He's here. He's here right now. Out of his belly, Lord. Out of his belly. That's the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Go ahead, Angie. That's the Holy Ghost on you. Go ahead. Don't y'all stop. Don't stop. Don't quit. That's the Holy Ghost. Fill him up. Fill him up. Fill him up. Fill him up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Now, those of you who are up front, give me your attention for a moment. First off, and obviously you've got to translate for her. I, now, I know I heard Angie speaking in other tongues, so there was no question on that. Did she, was she filled with the Holy Spirit? I, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, so... Okay, anyone else? Yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 He's still here. I can feel the Holy Ghost. Still, hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Here's again what I want the rest of you to know. We have this problem as humans. We measure ourselves and we have these, all these ideas in our head. We think we don't deserve. We, we, we have to earn. We have to be longer in the Lord and come to church more and pray longer and read more of the Bible. And all of those things are good things that you should be doing. That's not why you didn't receive though today. The only thing in the way is your own brain. And, and so... You don't have to, I want, I want you all to turn around and look out there for a moment. Every one of you that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you are not in a church service, lift your hands right now. All of you that are out here today that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you are not in a church service, hold your hand up high. Y'all turn around and look. So you don't have to be in a church or a church service to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know and understand that. Pastor Amy's uh, testimony, she was in her own bedroom only three weeks in the Lord, and God baptized her. She didn't know all of the stuff. She did not know all of the stuff. She was only three weeks old in the Lord, 17 years old, and God filled her with his Holy Spirit in her bedroom while she was reading the Word and praying. And that will be similar across those hands that you saw raised here earlier. What am I telling you? You don't have to be here to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is be hungry in your own heart. Praise the Lord. All of you may be seated or return to your seat. We're going to take a few moments to bring in these new members. What, what a glorious day. And so here's what we're going to do now. All of you, including those of you in the Spanish mission, uh, y'all show some gratitude. Uh, Pastor Alma actually took these a uh, whole crew through our uh, our whole doctrines, etc. And and so that's why you see such a beautiful big group from our Spanish mission that is going to join our church as members today. So why don't all of you come up here and line up across the front? And there are others. Some of you that are from our, our uh, the English side, if you will, you can join us too. You're coming right now. I see several of you here. All right, uh, y'all can stop. There's. Because y'all can be over on that side too. All right, here we go. Here we go. You can stand over there then for in place of destiny because she's already in. All right, y'all stand here in the middle. We'll just make it easiest. Bless the Lord. Okay, so you get, are you getting a picture from up top or? All right, there we are. All right, so um, I want you all, and maybe um, we need to get the microphone because a few of you are going to need. 
translation, aren't they? You're going to be translating, brother. Voy a tratar de traducir. What I want you to explain to them is that we're going to go through a uh, membership pledge that will require them to answer, I do. Lo que pastor va a hacer va a leer una una promesa de miembresía de miembresía y él quiere que cuando él la lea que usted diga sí lo haré. First of all, I want to commend all of you that are coming in to membership here at Central Assembly of God. Quiero darle felicidades por venirse a la iglesia aquí unirse con nosotros en Central Asamblea de Dios. It brings great joy to my heart. Trae gran gozo para mi corazón. And so here is the pledge. Esta es la promesa. Having been led by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Siendo guiado por el Espíritu Santo para recibir a Cristo Jesús como su Salvador. And desiring fellowship with people. Y tener el deseo de comunión o comunión con gente. Of like precious faith. De la misma fe preciosa que nosotros. You do now in the presence of God. Ahora ustedes en la presencia del Señor. And this assembly. Y en esta asamblea. Enter into covenant with one another. Entra en un convenio, un pacto entre uno y el otro. As members of the body of Christ. Como miembro del cuerpo de Cristo. Do you promise by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Promete por la ayuda del Espíritu Santo. To walk together in Christian love. Caminar juntos en el amor de cristiano. To strive for the advancement of this church. Para trabajar hacia favor de esta iglesia. For holiness and knowledge to promote. Holiness and knowledge. Por santidad y conocimiento. To promote its prosperity and spirituality. Promover la prosperidad y la espiritualidad de la iglesia. To sustain its worship. Para sostener su adoración. Doctrines and discipline. Doctrina y disciplinas. And to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry. Y para contribuir con alegría y contentamiento para mantenimiento del ministerio. And activities of the church. Y actividades de la iglesia. If so, answer, I do. Si dice que sí, están de acuerdo, digan, sí lo haré. I saw some head nods that were saying it in English, but uh, I want to hear I do. <laughs> do you promise also to strive to maintain family and personal devotions? Promete mantener familia y devoción personal. To seek the salvation of the lost. Buscar la salvación del perdido. I got to change a word. For you. Yeah. Okay. To walk uprightly in the world. Caminar justamente en el mundo. Avoiding the very appearance of evil. Soltando lo que se vea mal. And to seek the, that love that thinks no evil. Y pensar en ese amor que no piensa maldad. I do. I do. I do. Okay. Do you promise to watch over one another in brotherly love? Prometen velar uno por el otro en amor cristiano. To remember each other in prayer. Recordarse uno del otro en oración. 
to aid each other in distress and sickness y ayudando uno a otro en tristeza y enfermedad to be courteous and forgiving one another perdonando uno a otro y ser cortés con uno a otro even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you aun como Dios por amor a Cristo le perdonó a usted Now I'd like to pray for you. Would you all please stand in the audience? El pastor va a orar por ustedes ahora. Even the dog got up. <laughs> Even the dog got up. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> What a good dog. <laughs> That's nice. Lord, I thank you for all of these men and women that join us today. Señor, te doy gracias por estas mujeres y varones que se han unido a nosotros. They have been members of the body of Christ for some time. Ellos han sido miembros de tu cuerpo por algún tiempo. But now they choose to identify with us. Ahora se deciden identificarse con nosotros. For this we are exceedingly grateful. Por esto estamos grandemente agradecidos. I pray your rich blessings be upon all of them. Yo oro grandes riquezas y bendiciones en ellos. Not only are they part of the family of God, no solamente son la familia de Dios, they are now part of this family. Ahora son parte de esta familia. And I thank you for each of them now. Te doy gracias por cada uno de ellos. I pray your rich blessings upon every aspect of their lives. Yo oro por una bendición rica en cada área de su vida. That you will keep them safe. Que tú los guardes. That you will provide for all of their needs. Que tú provees, Señor, para todas sus necesidades. That they will walk in your blessing. Que ellos caminen en tu bendición. In their marriages. En sus matrimonios. In their households. En sus casas. In their families. En sus familias. In their jobs. En sus empleos. In whatever station in life they hold. En cualquier estación de vida que ellos tienen. They will be blessed going in. Serán bendecidos entrando. They will be blessed coming out. Serán bendecidos saliendo. And we thank you for them in your precious name. Y damos gracias en el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Pastors Al and Alma are going to start on that side hugging and shaking hands. And we're going to start on that side and we'll meet somewhere in the middle and crisscross each other. All right? And the deaconesses will be having a wonderful gift for a few, uh, for all of you members and such things. Amen. And you can just follow us since you have two of our elders. You guys follow us. <laughs> God bless you. We love you. So I can turn off my microphone now.
God bless you folks. Thank you so much for being a part of this special day. Have an amazing afternoon. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.